Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. This is a special behind-the-scenes look at our upcoming Christmas show, Secret Saint. And just like the old-fashioned Christmas tradition of misrule, things are topsy-turvy and I'm in the interviewee chair. For people who haven't yet heard it, could you give us a quick overview of the play? So the play is called Secret Saint, and it takes the various legends uh, about St. Nicholas and tries to put them into a Christmas story. Uh, so we start with St. Nick doing his classic act of good charity where he throws golden coins down the chimney uh, for three girls who don't have dowries. Uh, and the chaos sort of goes from there. Every one of the myths or legends uh, has a comedic turn to it. So the girls, they're very grateful for the money. Um, and they decide to reclaim their independence in a, in a way that maybe he wouldn't have quite intended. Uh, we also explore, uh, the time he defended an, an innocent man, and that ends up taking a very Poirot, Agatha Christie twist to it. Also during the play, we aren't just following Saint Nicholas, we're following an angel helper and a devil that is playing the role of the mythical figure of Krampus who is a traditional Christmas figure in Germany. And he is Santa's counterpart, so to speak. So Santa gives good children gifts and Krampus punishes the bad children. It sounds pretty engaged and engaging and uh, a degree of complexity. So what was it that really interested you in this topic? I really enjoy the mythology around Christmas. I love the way that each culture that has been exposed to it has taken it and made it its own. And that includes the figures that tend to go along with it. So St. Nicholas has been very wholeheartedly adopted by uh, several different cultures, including Orthodox uh, Christianity in Russia. Particularly in the Netherlands, Saint Nicholas became a very important figure around Christmas time and he was mythologized into this protector of children, almost something of a, a, a fantastical figure in people's everyday lives, kind of regardless of their religion. So I was very interested to look into the origins of Father Christmas and they got very crazy very very quickly his myths are always very energetic he's a man of action and at the same time is very he seems to be quite keen to not be in the spotlight you go from kindly toy maker and then you are suddenly in christmas necromancy uh, and saving people from prostitution uh, and calming the seas and multiplying grain he's a he, he's he's a figure that people seem to really want to latch on to it's interesting what you say because obviously that list of things is rather different to mm -hmm. um our own current cultural idea of uh, santa claus or father christmas and there's clearly, you know, a, a strong imagery to it. Mm -hmm. um, there is a, a whole set of films, for example, that use the character, but use it in probably quite conventional mm -hmm. current culture ways. So I, I wonder, as you were doing all of this historical research and looking into the, the legends, um, what surprised you when you were researching this subject? I was surprised by how violent St. Nicholas can be. <laughs> he, um, the modern image of a saint is somebody who is um, peaceful 
uh, and you probably you would argue pacifist. You kind of think of somebody as being above violence. And St. Nicholas really wasn't. He was constantly engaging in fist fights and very physical means to uh, to enact what he saw as justice. Famous example, which we don't really cover in the play, uh, we kind of allude to it in a joking way, is the Council of Nicaea. He didn't like a point that uh, that one of the main uh, 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 debaters was making Arius uh, about the the body and the spirit of Jesus. So uh, according to legend, he ran down onto the the dais and punched him in the face. <laughs> and was taken to jail and locked in there for the night. He consistently does that through a lot of his myths. He will often solve things through fisticuffs. I suppose that the situations he was encountering at the time that he was operating at um, would be more amenable to that way of being, (laughs) even even in a... Somebody that turned out to be a saint. Yeah. he. It, to be fair, Christianity at the time was uh, in certain parts of the world and the, uh, particularly the areas he was operating was banned or uh-huh. considered to be a taboo religion to, to, to believe in. So uh, he, he faced persecution. There's evidence that he was imprisoned for his beliefs. The, there seemed to be an underlying morality to what he was trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. I think the key... The key driving factor between Nicholas's actions in these legends is wanting people to be secure. If he feels that an injustice is being committed, he wants to set it right. He doesn't necessarily tell people what to do. He seems to more teach lessons through his actions. And the actions indicate generosity, self-sacrifice, and speaking up when you see something being done wrong. At least some aspects of what he was doing being a, a heroic character mm. in the way that we might now understand it. But turning to the play, um, I wonder if you could say a little bit about perhaps some of the similarities and differences between the research you've done and what ends up in the play, because um, it's, the play is far from a, a literal transcription of some of the legend, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we keep as many references as we can, because the stories are very good stories. There's a reason they've lasted as long as they have. But we're it's a comedy, so there's a, there's a lot, quite a lot of creative uh, license to it. So the picture we paint of Nicholas is as an introverted person who can only come out of their shell when they're very emotionally motivated to do so. <laughs> the reason that he climbs up on the roof to is specifically stated as not wanting to interact with anybody. Uh, in the myth, it's more that he didn't want people to know that he was doing the good deed. The myths all blend together in the play. These myths are all supposed to have happened over a lifetime. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But they all happen very quickly in the play, one after the other. Uh, we also put a comedic twist on most of the legends. So the women that are given the money to to prevent being sold into sex slavery decide instead of being bossed around by the patriarchal system, they are going to join the sex positive movement and open a brothel <laughs> with, with proper okay. uh, safety and, and health precautions. The myth where he saves a condemned man uh, from being wrongly executed he doesn't just do it uh, by pointing out that a juror was bribed. It turns into an Agatha Christie pastiche and he uses all his deductive reasoning to unveil the true criminal, which didn't happen in the in the myth. The main myth we are focusing on is that of uh, St. Nicholas and the Pickle Boys. Really, bizarrely, we haven't changed that much about that. The dialogue is, is invented, but almost word for word, 
that is exactly the same. So when you listen to that, I think you'll be shocked by the kind of mythology that surrounds that saint. So in a way, what you're doing is something a bit similar to the storytellers of the past who have captured the story of put it into their own context and time mm-hmm. um, and then um, made it in such a way that uh, contemporary audiences would remember it and, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder for the last question, what is that you would really hope that people listening to the play will get out of it? I hope that they will enjoy themselves. I, I hope that they get a bit of a giggle. This year has been one that I think a lot of people will have found tough for various different reasons. So I hope that this play can give them some levity. I hope that maybe it it might prompt them to do a bit of research into the way that Christmas has evolved over the years, because that's fascinating. Uh, And it's a really interesting story about the different communities and cultures that have added to it over the years to make it into this beautiful uh, celebration. I hope it gives them a nice Christmassy feeling. Oh, I'm sure it will do that. And I certainly enjoyed reading it. And... uh... I'm uh, looking forward to the production. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to suggest or submit a short story or a subject that you'd like us to cover, then contact us through our Facebook page or Twitter and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production 